I think sustainable is not just about talking about ingredients. It's also about the economy, about personality, the staff, the business. Everything has to be sustainable. And I think we need to not be radicals. If you can, try to do on a daily basis what you can do. But start to do something. Welcome to the Diageo Bar Academy podcast, Bar Chat. This is Tristan Stevenson. Today, I am speaking with Paolo Gomez. Paolo is the co-owner of Red Frog and Monkey Mash in Lisbon. On this episode, we talk about how the Lisbon bar scene has evolved over the past 10 years, how the drinks have changed, how the workforce has changed, and what the current state of play looks like. We speak about the founding of Red Frog back in 2015 and the rollercoaster ride that that bar has taken. Paolo tells me about how Monkey Mash was created, how the two bars differ despite now being under one roof, as well as the values that unite them. Paolo talks extensively about sustainability policies used in Monkey Mash, the enviable larder of ingredients that Portugal has to offer, seasonality, drink-making hacks, and best practices. As well as some great insight into what's happening in Portugal, this is a good episode for getting to grips with sustainable practices wherever your bar is. Enjoy. I am here with Paolo Gomez. Hey, Paolo, how are you doing? I'm fine, and you? Also yeah, good. I'm good, thanks. Right, to begin with, we're going to start with your quick-fire questions. Are you ready? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> we're going to see. We'll see. see. So try and keep your answers as brief and as quick as possible, whatever comes to mind, okay? Yeah. All right, go. question one. Ruby port or tawny port? Uh, tawny mm. port. Question two. Can you name a great cocktail that contains orange juice? That's uh, a driver. <laughs> <laughs> Screwdriver. Question three. Name a Portuguese ingredient that is underrepresented or not well known internationally. I think Madeira nice. wine. Question four. What's the most amount of pastel de nata you've ever consumed in a day? A box of six. And then I have to stop. But I know one guy who he eats three or four of that. So he's crazy. <laughs> six, I think, is the maximum. He's not, I can't. I can eat more, but six was wow. my maximum. Question five. Do you get more juice out of two limes or one lemon? Uh, depends of the size. The regular, you get from a good good lemon, more, more, more juice. Yeah. More juice. Uh, question six. How do you prefer your martini garnished? Uh, we serve with the uh, olive oil, uh, onion, and the zest, and the decided what you want on a moment or even with the drinker you can decide what you want you can split between a, a dramatini gibson and a orange zest yeah, if you want nice lemon options zest. i like it question seven cristiano ronaldo or bernardo silva <laughs> right now bernardo silva <laughs> <laughs> and the final one what is your favorite flavor of ice cream oh that is a good question but I love raspberry. It's, when it's very good, it's wonderful. Acidity, fresh. Mm, I agree good. with you. Um, whenever I, if someone asks me what ice cream I want, my initial thing is to be drawn to something like caramel or like honeycomb or maybe something with a little bit of chocolate in it. But actually, when I really think about it, my favorite ice cream is blackcurrant or raspberry or blackberry or some kind yeah. of berry. And they're the best. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah, when they're on season, is amazing. The flavor, the, the acidity, yeah. the freshness is very, very yeah, good. Cool. 
Well, look, it's great to have you. Uh, you quick fires are done, by the way. Well done. You, um, you, you answered everything correctly. Uh, <laughs> it's great. It's great to have you on uh, the podcast. Um, I, I was I'm just thinking back when uh, we were kind of uh, researching into chatting with you. Um, I remember coming into your bar, Red Frog, um, I think probably on the opening night. Did it open during um, Lisbon Cocktail Week? Because I was over doing a, a seminar at the, uh, the bar show. It, it, it was on the beginning, but was not. A, was I think on a time we have like uh, three months, uh, two months of uh, open. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, it was probably something that was um, lost in translation because I seem to remember being in there and it felt like it was the opening night or maybe kind of an opening party or something along those lines. But it was very new at the time. And I think probably a bit of a watershed moment for Lisbon's bar scene as well, because, you know, I mean, you, you, I mean, it'd be great for you to sort of tell us about how that's changed over the years, but this felt like it was the first sort of real proper grown-up um, adult cocktail bar where there was a serious attention to detail when it came to ingredients and mixology and the whole kind of experience of the place. Yeah, so we, we opened in 2015, and uh, Lisbon was in on a time it was uh, getting the, the 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 after the boom of gin tonic in in Iberia, place. Um, so it was a lot of people drinking gin tonic, and uh, what we look into that and we saw it was a good opportunity to go a little bit further, and uh, Lisbon was one of the the only uh, European cities who don't have any kind of speakeasy style. And uh, this place was already available there, but was before was a, um, a nightclub, was closing like uh, for, for more than three years. And then I was open, I decided to open my bar on, on a time. And then because Emmanuel, my partner on a business, he wants also to open a bar on that time, we decided to open uh, together the, the Red Frog Speakeasy. And this was a challenge because you, you all know Lisbon and Portugal is a very sunny country, so we have very good weather, people want to be outside. And then we decided to open a speakeasy with just one door, nothing more, no lights, <laughs> dark, inside. And this everybody gave us just six months of life. Nobody believed on us and was like a, a challenge. We know it since day one. It was a challenge, but we believe. And that is the most important. When you believe in something, you fight for them. So, and uh, since then, for now, changed a lot. So I think the step we done uh, was very, very good for the city, but also the opportunities we, we get mm -hmm. from opening a bar with everything it comes to, with, with the opening was very good for the city. Yeah, right now it's completely yeah. different. I think that, uh, that every sort of major city internationally has undergone this similar process to this over the last few years in, in terms of cocktail bars. You know, I think there's a, there's normally a single bar that is responsible for doing a great deal of work and kind of elevating the standard. And that's not to say that there was nothing there before, you know, everything's kind of, you're always standing on the shoulder of giants, right? There's always influential bars that came before, but in a different way. And it, it takes, you know, careful steps to sort of progress to the level where you want to get it to. But every city pretty much has one bar where you can say, oh, that was a major turning point where, suddenly cocktails became, you know, really great and the whole experience changed dramatically yeah. and it became more serious, but, you know, hospitality improved as well, perhaps, and, and all that stuff. 
and, and if you compare, so Lisbon is a, a lot of tourism, they come. But uh, most of the tourists, if they come from the north of Europe, they want sun. They don't want to go where, where normally, if you come from London, you have a lot of speakeasy. So why you go to Lisbon and go to a speakeasy? So this also for us was a challenge. How do you put these people inside of your bar? So we, you, you need to do something extra to they go there. So what we done was uh, try to be unique, try to be different, but also uh, these kind of places, you know, worldwide so you go to a bar after even in a sunny country you go to, and you want a beer you want a, a, a cocktail so we know it at the time because we work it at night people go to to, to some places to have a very good uh, taking the sun whatever and then they come at night to to have a drink so and this was good for us and then started from there uh, is grow for the for the rest even big cities have a lot of uh, uh, you said is one bar, but maybe big cities they have two, three, four doing that work. We started with us, and now we have more bars helping us. So it was good. Yeah. So what? Give me a snapshot of what it's like in Lisbon now, because I've not been for for a few years, and I have been lucky enough to visit a few times in the past. But what is the bar scene like in 2023? I think the big difference is we have more bars. Okay, we have more in the big changes, people, the, the locals, because before it was a lot of tourism and people come from outside, they drink cocktails. But now we have locals. Okay, the locals, young generation, they start to drink. Uh, they start to, to, to get this kind. So because Lisbon specific in Portugal in general is a food country wine country not a cocktail country so and this is something new but crossing is a lot of uh, bars in specific is a lot of uh, restaurant bars so here is where you get most of the places they go there to eat and now they can also drink and then is a lot of uh, new people coming from outside so to to lisbon to open bars so this is kind of getting a little bit comparing uh, i don't know if i can but uh, like barcelona a little bit people is coming from outside to open bars in lisbon so this getting a little bit of international in uh, this gonna grow up because when you have just one bar you cannot grow up it's very difficult when you have 10 good bars you you start to grow Mm. And so Lisbon right now is very good on cocktail scenes, uh, very good places, uh, new openings. This year we're going to open, I think, three or four more bars and uh, it's getting higher and higher on that quality. And this is it good. quite seasonal there? Do you get ebbs and flows for the, through the summer and winter? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So in, in specific right now, so for us, you talk about us, we have more locals on the wintertime than summertime. Uh, for tourism, we have around the year. Uh, change the nationality so maybe sometimes it's more uh, people from the states sometimes people from more of the north europe central europe uh, this kind of uh, changes but it's always quite the same the locals yes they change a lot they goes more in some sometimes of a year than all the year and specific more on uh, weekends than during the the day but even this is changing a lot because it's a lot of people portuguese for the nightlife starts very very late yeah <laughs> so when you think you're gonna start in your country we 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 didn't get from 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 uh, from the yeah. bed we're still there so we start very very late so everything is late uh, even with when we do guest partners at, at the bar we said oh we're gonna start at 11 said so 11 Oh, it's so late. Yeah, it's late. Everything is late. And this is changing. Okay, it starts to changing. Um, 
specific after the pandemic it changed a little bit because people was uh, need to 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 go earlier and this changed the way and also they are changing you cannot change the whole community so imagine i know in london specific you go to the theater in the afternoon here if you go to the theater you have to go at uh, 9 uh, pm so is is and then you go to the bar so is everything white so this don't going to change but you can change the way you can go to the bar before go to the theater and maybe you go to the dinner or you go to the dinner so you can change this and it's changing this kind mm, of okay so you th so it's changing uh, in that it's moving more towards you know earlier evening kind of stuff or it's just the order of things that are changing no it changed a lot of people who they 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 starting to to see they can go to a bar uh, earlier then go just light uh, they can before go, before they go to, right okay, yeah at the start of the night yeah 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 they can go to they can get out from the job get a drink then go to the dinner and then go home this did change because this before yeah. didn't exist and also the the question of um, uh, during the week they can go to a bar not just on a weekend so this also changed a little bit on on this so given the uh, given it is quite seasonal do what's the, what about uh staff do you find you get quite a lot of international bartenders coming in to work in bars and restaurants and or is it a lot of locals so this changed a lot after the pandemic so it was a big change so before we have like a very was everything was controlled we still have a lot of demand and a lot of uh, employees to, to work and after pandemic was uh, uh, completely changed and when i said completely it was a completely uh, before we don't accept anybody don't speak portuguese nobody if you come if you are international wants to come with us you need to, to speak portuguese if you don't speak portuguese you can now we accept if you speak just english we have, because we have a lot of, uh, we need a lot of demand of, of, of people to work for offer and we don't have. So after pandemic was crazy. Even us, we, we changed all the team of uh, the Monkey Mesh venue. We changed all the team. We, in one month, they wow. quit everybody. And then we, we have to employ new team. Also, this changed the way we, we, we work and we, we done the, the things behind the bar. So you right now we have a lot of uh, people from outside before we have a lot of brazilians but the brazilian is very good because they speak already portuguese so it's easy but now also we have to if i think we need people but also is a lot of people coming yeah. to lisbon to work and this is a good thing because uh, sometimes is is uh, they are very good uh, known on a business or in different of, uh, so business. you, you, so first, you, first, the industry is being more accepting of non-Portuguese speakers. But in addition to that, you're actually getting more international workers coming into Lisbon as well. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about my, more myself because uh, of other places. And if you go to South, they already have a, a lot of time. People who just speak in English and seasonal. So imagine yeah. in Algarve, you have a lot of uh, people goes there in the summer. You have a lot of people just go there, work three months. And they, they don't speak one word of Portuguese. They, they don't need it. But uh, I'm talking more about Lisbon in our place yeah. was kind of uh, this perspective. And now we have a lot of, we are always received all the weeks uh, CVs from uh, uh, people from outside coming to, to, they want to work with us. And that is a good yeah. thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, so, I was down in the Algarve a few years back in Lagos. 
um, and I absolutely loved it down there. It was great, and I, I was very surprised about how kind of international it was in terms of the people that were there, but also the restaurants and the sort of whole style of the place. Like, it was just a real kind of melting pot and um, beautiful as well. Yeah, you, that, that is for sure. Yeah, in Portugal, yes. So we work, one of the main uh, things we do in Portuguese tourism. So we need to, to, to treat well. So yeah. even if you go to the island, Madeira, in, in Açores, you have natural, very good things. And this is the good thing of Portugal. From north to south in, in the, the islands, you can have completely different uh, weathers, uh, places. So it's, it's a lot of history. It's a country with a lot of history. So th this is what we have to sell it is this kind. But then we have new experience, new kinds of projects. We, even in the last uh, few years, uh, the luxurious part is starting to grow like crazy. We we have places like uh, Troia, um, uh, Comporta, sorry, is on the other side. It's, it's starting to be like the, our Hamptons oh, really? in Portugal. It's, it's so the demand of people, rich people is coming. Yeah, Madonna was there were running on a horse for a long time. And then everybody was looking on a like kilometers alone. And this was uh, the best selling car, coast car <laughs> you can do it for, for international. It was crazy. Because Madonna lives here for... One, two oh, years okay. in Lisbon. Well, I, I'm looking forward to coming back soon because, I, I, like I say, I've been three, three, four times. And every time I come, I'm like, this is such a cool city. It's got a great vibe to it. The restaurants, the food is are amazing. Obviously, the bar scene's blowing up as well. People are lovely. Um, it's got a lot going for it, I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's changed a lot. Lisbon uh, changed. We have a very good... Uh, New places, but also the, the new generation bring the traditional in a in a modern way or different way. But also we still the the kinds of traditional place where you go have a bifana like the steak or the steak sandwich with a beer or wine. You you can have that. So still still this kind of traditional versus a little bit of modernity is yeah. is, is very good. Very right. Good. Let's let's talk a little bit more specifically about you and your bars. So um, you mentioned already Red Frog is sort of speakeasy stuff. Actually, maybe tell us a little bit about what happened during the pandemic with Red Frog because you closed it for a bit, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so when we opened 2015, we, we, we get this kind of way to go to the top 50 best bars. And uh, in 2017, we get on a uh, 92. And this bring a lot of uh, people in demand of guests to, to the bar. And then uh, on a time we decided to open a, buy a new place and open a second venue. So in 2019, we opened Monkey Mesh, is uh, one block away from, from the place where we were. And uh, during the pandemic, we have this kind of problem of closing the bars. But we have extra on the top of that was uh, a guy biding by the building of uh, Red Frog and kick us off from there. So he said, at the end of the contract, you, you're going to leave. So this was during the pandemic. So me and Manuel, we didn't know on the time. was already the pandemic very, very aggressive to us. And then with this was a nightmare on yeah. the top. And then because Monkey Mash is still a, a very huge venue, we decided um, to split 
the, the venue. So right now, uh, Red Frog is inside of Monkey Mesh. So it's a, a hide room inside of Monkey Mesh. Where was uh, the yeah. lab? We have a place was a small room with the lab. We get it there, yeah. And then we get a little bit mm. of the, the other room. So for Monkey Mesh was very good because it was a huge place. It was a little bit cold and now it's uh, more mm -hmm. uh, cozy. And for Red Frog, the only change was the size. So we are like quite one on the seats and now we have in a maximum 25 seats. So, but for now, what I can say was the, the best we, yeah. we have done. Is uh, is very very good. So this was a big change on on a on a on a way of uh, and change a lot because of all the 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 working and the process yeah. change with, with this. So um, I mean, especially important now they're kind of in the same um, location. What what would you how would you describe the difference between the Red Frog experience and Monkey Mash? So when when we decided to open Monkey Mash, the first thing was was also a a downstairs place so was a, and this was a little bit we was looking for a, a, a window to outside the rooftop or something like this and then we decided to go against with the downstairs place so when when we buy this we decided we cannot do something completely the same because we have one block from restaurant so we're going to do the opposite so the opposite for us was something doing something easy going maybe more tropical more uh, also easy going on the drinks but maybe with the kinds of modernity looking for future for the future not not looking now but not being like completely like a, a futuristic bar okay nothing like that but being different from the other one is more classic this is a little bit more modern the other one is more on a on a boozy drinks of uh, whiskey and gin this was more focused on cane and uh, sugar cane and agave this kinds of perspective was the challenge really this is more tropical more sustainable and the other one is more like um, a traditional bar speakeasy style and um, before was completely different but when we get inside of the same place uh, the, the the we we decided to put this more on on this bar is like this and this is going to be like this completely mm. different and um, if you go there and you're going to have two different perspectives mm. in one in one room do people so, do that do they tend to because i guess the main venue is monkey mash right and then you've got the speakeasy red frog inside that do most people who come tend to do both or are they you know one one or the other so of course most of the people wants to go to Red Frog. So they if even if they search on Google or whatever, they go to the right. door and then it's monkey mesh. What is this? So and then we said is is Red Frog is either room inside. So we work only with reservation in in Red Frog, and we have walk-ins, but it's a sensible them because it's very difficult to go inside, and we are always full. So also this, this uh, make us a lot of uh, uh, not easy to to get inside. So uh, people go there, and then we invited to go to to Monkey Mash, and with the time, if they have the opportunity, they're gonna make both, and when. If they don't know nothing about Red Frog, mm. is a an amazing experience because after we decide, do you want to go to our speakeasy and said, well, you have another bar inside. So when they get there, the thing is they are yeah. one wall behind and they don't didn't listen. The music, 
they didn't know is a completely different style bar inside yeah. of that. So I think this is a very good and specific, not for bartender community, for people outside of the bar scenes is more like uh, impressive. And uh, and this is what we want to do. It is when people mm. come with this and we could give this kind of opportunity is amazing. It's being the smile and the, the kind of uh, expressions on the face. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so powerful, isn't it? That um, guest experience of kind of discovery and also especially with the sort of speakeasy concept it being a bit naughty as well like oh you know this is you know underground yeah. clandestine a little bit illicit we shouldn't be here and like you say I imagine it's probably at its <laughs> best for people who weren't aware that this bar was inside this bar and then they find it while they're there and it's it's like you say completely different different types of cocktails different music different look and feel and everything yeah because Speakeasy is, so it's a lot of international speakeasies around the world and I don't know who is the hidden one, the most difficult to get, the most uh, uh, different one. <laughs> but for, for, for people who are not on the business, even it, this is something like crazy because they pass on the door, they, they was there and they never saw, they never think it was another bar inside. And this is magical because when you get this, is the expression of the guests is completely different. Is uh, they they when they come with a couple and they want to impress, oh the guys, oh thank you very much for for giving me this opportunity. So it's it's kind of uh, very yeah, very sure. good. So um, speaking of Monkey Mash, then since we talked a little bit about Red Frog and obviously it's very famous around the world. What did did you get? Um, was it fortieth in world's best? The top 50 best yeah. bars yeah is that where you're now at we are the yeah yeah, for yeah. Your th congratulations on that yeah thank you very much yeah um i said speak speaker about monkey mash then so you, it sounds like it's kind of modern tiki almost i mean i have been there i do remember going i remember uh, emmanuel showing me around um briefly and, and i had a little walk through the lab and everything um i don't remember what i drank at the time but it that that it, would that sort of summarize it neatly it's kind of modern tiki uh, the tiki word we don't use it because tiki I think is very specific and okay. I don't want to kind of because we have already the, the speakeasy and a lot of people is just getting uh, always oh this is not the speakeasy this is speakeasy this speakeasy are like this because like that and the tiki word yeah the tiki word also if for modern tiki I think the tiki guy is going to kill me and for tiki we was not a tiki bar <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure for sure. So we we, we yeah. respect what what we get is trying to understand what the tropical drinks are. So imagine if you use tropical fruits, okay, and then looking to your to inside. So in Portugal, do you have tropical fruits? Yes, we have. So can we do something with this instead of bringing tropical fruits from around the world? Yeah. So this was the beginning of the, and then because also. Uh, when I talk about this, people don't understand. We we cannot do it all in one time. Sometimes we we need to 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 go step by step and further and further and further. Because uh, when you have a lot of bars, you already have a lot of people who try these, these, and these, and the guests are already educated for this. When you start from the beginning, you need to educate. Even if people think you're not educated, you always educated people. So you need to educate guests, and you have to have that time to people understand. So when we opened Red Frog in 2015, the guests from there now they have much more uh, better guests because they know what we are doing. They they trust on us, and, and this is easy for us. So, and this kind of process was uh, looking for a tropical vibe, 
because most of the bars outside of uh, our was they making caipirinhas, mojitos, this kind of uh, even a few tiki cocktails, but they are more focused on sour drinks and tropical fruits drinks. We want to do this, but in a different way, because if not, we are doing what the other ones are doing. And that was where we start to to look a little bit on a, on a, how we're going to do the things different. So in these kinds of, when we talk about sustainability, the zero waste was the, the way we focus on the modernity of the bar. Uh, the bar is not a modern bar, but we think a little bit uh, different from the classic bars. And this was the, the key. And it was not the key on a on the first day. It's the key you you need to plug, and then you need to 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 start to develop this with the time. With the time, you need to get better, better, and better. Because I don't know anybody in the world who do zero waste cocktails, but I know a few ones. They are very good zero waste, quite zero waste cocktails. But zero waste is a very very difficult uh, attempt to 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 mm-hmm. say you do it this. Okay, we can try, but. Yeah. To do it is completely different way, but you need yeah. to start in one point. And what we decide is to yeah. start with this. It sounds like I mean, so this a commitment to sourcing ingredients locally um, sounds like possibly one of the best things you can do from a sustainability standpoint. If you can kind of cut out the food miles and you know all the kind of uh, carbon footprint of importing things from the other side of the world, and support local economies. Um, and industries and growers, farmers, producers, whatever it might be, that's that's got to be near the top of the list, right? And 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 it sounds like that's one of the the main things you're you're trying to do. This is one of the keys, okay? But do you need to have this kind of uh, access? Do you need to have access to to this kind of fruit? So imagine a pineapple from from Azores. He are not like uh, six months and it's done. It takes two years or three years sometimes to, to get it. So the bananas, they are um, reap on a time. So you get time. And not all the time you can get it. Also, one of the worst things for, for, for this is the money you pay. Mm. So normally you pay more than is what comes from the other part of the world. You come very green and then go in a boat for months and then it gets here and is 10 times cheaper than this one. But this is where you start to use uh, sustainable or zero waste on the rentability. So it's where, uh, for me, zero waste is a technique of, uh, of is like uh, muddling, like uh, shaking. For me, I use this in like a, 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 a technique because if you are paying more for a bad ingredient, you can use that more. So this is the way you need to think. You are not paying more. You just needed to know how to mm. use it. Okay, and this is where you're gonna get rentability of this. So if you get the pineapple, you know you can do tepache uh, with the skin, but also the you're gonna use it for juice, and then you have the pulp. What you're gonna do it with the pulp, and you can reuse it. That question yourself, and then you can do it uh, one, two, three times. For it. So imagine we have uh, uh, a lot of tropical fruits comes from, of course, from Madeira and the source, but also in south of Portugal we have a lot of. Uh, production of exotic fruits like yuzu mm. is one of the places maybe worldwide very good for nice. yuzu yeah so uh, bergamota oh, bergamot. uh, ants, the so citric parts and then also yeah so and and also these kinds of um, papaya avocados uh, and other 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 ingredients 
but sometimes these are very seasonal. So the kinds of citrus, the, the, the guys who production make the production, this is very seasonal. So you need also to, if you're going to put on a menu, you know, you don't going to get all the year. How do you going to do it? So this is also, you, you have to question yourself. How do you going to do it? So maybe you have to pick the use on a time and then you have to transform this to get it around the year. And then you can use it that. Um, th this is something you're always pushing yourself and the, the rest of the team and everybody works with you to, to challenge you and the, the, the all people how we can work with this. So, and this is, I never get this in, sometimes I have the ingredient and I don't put on a menu because I don't know it if I can get it all the year. So I need to that year to work on that. So this is a lot of work to get maybe on the next year on menu and we know it, we can use it. So it's, it's, it's these kinds of, uh, and also if you do it in a, a huge demand, if you can just cut, imagine we, we, because in Monkey Mesh, we have a lot of Mexican food, we do guacamole, but we get maybe more than 50% of our avocados from south of Portugal. But we don't get the 100%. We don't gonna, uh, yeah, we don't gonna say we don't gonna have guacamole because we don't get the other 50%. But we are reducing the maximum of bringing from from outside. And most of them, they don't come from Peru. They come from Spain. Also, we get Spain in our food range. Yeah. Is uh, because if you go to Madeira, Madeira is, if you if if you make a line to Madeira and Açores, we go to 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 England also. It's further so, than Spain. <laughs> yeah. So the question, if if comes ingredient from the world and uh, from the other part of the world, that don't means it's not sustainable. The thing is, even on a production, you need to know it's sustainable. But then also the way it, it comes, it comes with the time. Uh, mm. This is something you have question yourself. This is very sensible uh, term, sustainable and zero waste. And I sometimes I don't like to talk because it's people crashing inside of you because you say this and that. But this is something we need to mm -hmm. learn with each other. We need to to talking to understand what we can do better. And maybe I think I'm doing better, but you are better than me on that. So I need to learn with you. And these kinds of uh, uh, changing of people crossing ideas is very good, and this starts very long time. Not, uh, uh, I know it, people from ten years ago they are doing trying to do sustainable things, and even now they are not doing one hundred percent because it's very very difficult. Well, it's complicated as well, right? It's it's much more nuanced, I think, than we like to let ourselves believe. Like you say, you know, just because something comes from a long way away, doesn't mean it isn't sustainable. And you know, take something like coffee for example. Um, you know, we don't really grow coffee in Europe at all, at least not on commercial scale. So it has to come from the other side of the world. But if we try to, you know, shift our habits away from drinking coffee um, to drinking something that is grown in Europe, I don't know what we drink instead. I mean, I can't actually imagine a world without coffee, to be honest with you. But uh, let's say, <laughs> you know, we started to quell our coffee habit in order to be more sustainable, air quotes, well, you know, what does that do to the economies of these countries and the communities who rely on coffee uh, growing as their, as their, as yeah. their income? You know, that, that's, while, it, while it may be something that reduces, you know, carbon footprint, it also could decimate local economies on the other side of the world. So the, I think sustainable is not just about talking about ingredients. It's also about economy, about personality, the, the staff, the, the business. Everything has to be sustainable. And I think we need to not be radicals 
and I don't want to go inside of politicals and that, but not be radicals. This is very, for me, very important. Yeah. Not be uh, saying, oh, we have to do this 100%. No, if you can, do it. What, what my, my, my gold, gold wines are like this. Try to do on a daily basis what you can do. And in the next day, try to be a little bit further. And then in the next day, if you cannot go, don't go, but stay on that, but start to do something. And this is when you talk about coffee is something everybody now is uh, uh, bringing coffee around the world. We have a, a small production, like you said, it's no, I think it's no commercial uh, coffee uh, selling in Europe, but in, in, in uh, our islands, we have a guy who is starting to production coffee. But this, even when, when you add the coffee, you're going to be something, I know it, you're going to be in small scale. And this is maybe some people want to do this. this is, but then if I don't buy it, or if we start to say, don't buy this coffee, it comes from the other part of the world. Maybe we are doing this, but maybe we can start to think different. Okay. So imagine we are talking about, we have in Portugal, we have tea. Uh, we, we in uh, Açores, we, we have a lot of production of tea. We was the, the our queen would take to 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 Engel King the the, the five o'clock tea mm. that was was made for for them, and uh, this production is a very long time there. And uh, what we is is try to use this instead of coffee, uh, if you can do it. Uh, so we we can do it different things. You have uh, from the, the old times they use uh, not yeah. coffee, they use chicory, they use this kind. So you can use uh, flavors to increase coffee. But even if you do this kind of coffee. Why just making the brew and then you throw away the coffee? And then you know it, you can use it two or three times more, yeah. not for coffee, but for another things. So uh, I think the big problem is that the demand of people is buying only by consuming. Is we, 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 we buy more than we need. And this is something we need to change. And, and this is the, the, when you get the fruits or one ingredient. My, my father has a restaurant. And uh, he comes from a poor, poor family. And all the time I saw him bringing a old animal mm. and he take everything. Nothing go to the trash. The vegetables don't go to the trash. I learned from him. I don't learn from internet. From I learned from my father. Never, nothing go to the trash. And this is how you need to think. This is the first thing. Everything you get inside of the bar, never go to the trash. Just in case you cannot do nothing. So in, imagine in monkey mesh, our garnish are quite 100% making made from the leftovers. And this is something I think have to be general in, 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 in the bar scenes. I don't know saying you have to do it, but if you want to do this, you need to look to this. Okay. So when you have, so we have a cocktail uh, we call Flashy Flashy, and uh, this cocktail is uh, inspired on Mata Utenberg. So it was kind of people right now they want just uh, to to get a picture and on a on a sustainable to say I'm I'm sustainable, but they don't do nothing on a sustainable way. So this kind of uh, fighting with us, and the picture is a ball because it's take a kettle one uh, vodka. So we have like a bowl with a lot of tulips and then in, on the top is uh, Martin the bag and with a lot of uh, kinds of signs say uh, sustainable for this, mm. sustainable for that, flashy, 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 flashy. And we use, the cocktail is simple. It's just uh, uh, vodka, vermouth, uh, golden milk, just a pounder and papaya. So we decided to 
we have a papaya from the south of Portugal. And when we get the papaya, what we're going to do this. So we, we, we take the papaya, we do kind of a soda, and then we have all the leftovers from the skin, the pulp, and the, the seeds. If you take the seeds and you toast the seeds, and if you crack in your mouth, you're going to see a little bit of pepper, Sichuan pepper quite. So when, when you do this for the first time, you can, oh, maybe I can substitute this ingredient. So this is, you need to taste, you need to, to try, to fail, to do this. But then when you get it inside of your mind, you can share this with other people. Say, oh, if you need share some pepper, pepper, you can use the papaya. If you buy a papaya, don't throw away this, use this. And then because normally we do the garnish is like a round um, uh, leather. And then normally you do something like a spice or something like this. You, if you can do like a little bit of uh, pepper or something like that, when you put this, we, we're not putting pepper. We use the, the, the seeds to, to do this. So this is one of the examples you can do it. But with this, is just the beginning of everything. But you have one thing is more important, is the people work with you also have to understand this. And uh, when you change a team like us, you need to start from zero again. And you have to educate. And then if the people are not open to that, also, it's difficult, it's challenge. So if somebody said is, uh, this bar is 100% is sustainable, if they change the team, they have to do it again. And then it's maybe sometimes you go there and it's different because there's a lot of things you cannot control. So you mentioned um, a, a lot of the time you're going to have to plan better and potentially pay more money for some of these ingredients that are grown sort of nearby locally or at least not imported from far away. Um, that makes perfect sense. How do you, how do you reconcile quality? Do you do you feel like you're able to get the same quality locally or better? Um, and if 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 not, um, you know, does that matter? Is it are you mixing enough? Are you doing enough pre preparation and mixing enough other ingredients in for the quality to not matter massively? Yeah. So in terms of tropical fruits. Imagine, because we only have the eyes in south of Portugal mostly, we, we are talking a different. But if you go talking about apples, so all the all continental have apples, so Portugal have apples. And normally on that case, you can get very good ones and cheaper ones because you you go to the ugly fruits. And the ugly fruits, even with the tropical fruits, you yes. can get it, but it's more difficult because you don't have this kind of access. But ugly fruits normally, for what we do it, they are the better one because they have very good price, very good quality. They are not good for the for selling. And this is where we can be smarter. Mm -hmm. So um, if you use any kind, so we imagine uh, around uh, no more than 100 kilometers, we have a very good production of uh, apples, very good productions of pears uh, and other seasonal fruits. If you pick that and you can use it for yourself, you, you are doing a very good. And that you can do it locally. You can go to a farmer, you can talk with him, and all the ways he, he, he can get, he can give you. Of course, you don't need a pretty a pretty uh, apple or pear for, for a good drink. You need is a tasty one. And the tasty one sometimes is not pretty. And if it's pretty, it's better, but sometimes it's not tasty. Yeah. So when you're going to do this, Never, never, never going to change. And this don't going to change the, the thing. And most of the time, you're going to process this. So you're going to do some kinds of uh, syrup or whatever, choose this and that. And at the end, 
the quality has to be good. And this is the most uh, important. Of course, you have fruits mm. around the world, very, very good. I taste uh, very good uh, fruits. And imagine on apples, my grandfather has a, 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 a lot of apple production. And for me, that is the, the best apple I can get. It's getting for the tree, picking and eating. Mm. But th this is something not all the people can do it. So and, and this is something not in all the cities you can do it. But then you can start to think uh, if you can buy it a supply of, uh, or if you go to a supermarket, you maybe you have ugly fruit, you can talk with the guy. And if it's a good one, it's, it's better. And sometimes they're cheaper. These kind of fruits are cheaper than the, mm. the other ones. I sometimes think that the difference between good fruit and bad fruit comes down to how much moisture there is in it, how much sweetness there is, and how much acidity there is. Like if you get a bad orange, for example, um, it might just be that it's a bit dry and it doesn't have the sweetness or the acidity to balance out. So you can take that orange and modify it to taste great just by adding some combination of those three things to it. Yeah, for sure. For sure, they, they, this is something you you when when you have this kind. So we have the lucky to have very good citrus, but uh, mm. in some places I know we could do guest watching around the world, and then we ask for some citrus, and we compare with us, and they are not very good. But even uh, when you don't have all the year, so we don't have all the year limes, lemons, and no. orange. So sometimes no, so sometimes we we get the kinds of not very good ones. Of course, you can do that. So imagine you can pick a orange, and if it's a little bit, uh, uh, if it's more acid, sometimes it's not sweet. You can take that in provide of you. So you can take that acidity mm. to complement what you needed from any citrus. But uh, imagine lemons and, and limes, in specific limes, because it's the most uh, difficult to production and comes most from the other part. Sometimes you pay a lot for. The fruit is, is is not very good because it was taking like mm. unripe and then get to the boat and then take times to come here. So yeah. sometimes we prefer not using that. And the other way is also is better you buy one cases than three bad cases because in one case of yeah. limes you can do the other two cases you are not buying. You just need to be smart or in case of you have a, a lab you can use that in provide of you. But you can reuse it. The skins, the pulp, the lemon—you can do uh, the the a lot of things from the lemon waste. And uh, another thing we do it is also from all the garnish, all the the skins, the peels. Uh, we can do a lot of things. One of we do is like a tea, so we infuse water and when we distill it, and this give a little extra for aromatic and then we just complement with acids so imagine from one cases of two uh, five kilos or six kilos of of uh, limes if i get a two two liters of uh, lime juice i'm gonna get in a minimum with this f the five five liters of of uh, lemon juice because i'm gonna complement mm -hmm. the, the juice with this kind yeah. of aromas and and uh, with acid so this is also uh, kinds of you are being uh, uh, no wasting so much because you are buying less and also you are getting uh, provide from uh, if you buy it a better uh, fruit uh, on seasonal and on so it's, it, yeah that's that's interesting and just sticking with citrus fruit you mentioned that obviously they're not available all year round have you found ways 
beyond, you know, like you say, length, extending out the volume, lengthening it out using acids and distillates and water and the juice itself, um, uh, have you found ways of preserving that, I don't know, like refrigeration or freezing it so that you've then got a supply that lasts you all year round or you're using other ingredients to create acidity at times when citrus fruit aren't available? So if you're going to freeze the, the juices, you're going to also, you need to have like a big places to a warehouse to, to keep that. So even that is, you are not being sustainable because you're going to get more freezes and freezes. So like I said, we are in a, in this case, we are a mm -hmm. very fortunate for being in Portugal. We have very good citrus during the whole year. And, but uh, one of the things, if I was in a, in a country without citrus, I know I have a lot of search of, of uh, acidity, but sometimes you need the flavor. And this is another question because acidity you can get from a lot of things, but uh, the, the, the flavor, the aroma is different. So when you do uh, kinds of distillation, so imagine from the skins and you can distill it and concentrate the flavors, not the oil, but also this. Also this, you can input like a perfume, just a little bit this, a little bit this. So maybe you have to kind of this kinds of perspective because you're going to concentrate flavors and then you get this to complement the, the, maybe you do with the vinegar or something. And then you complement the freshness, the flavor of lemon with this. So I think it's, you have to know where you are. You need to know what you're going to do it and what you want to go. So, and with this, you're going to check very easily. If you don't have citrus, maybe your menu have to be a uh, lots of cocktails without citrus. Uh, if you want to be this kind of uh, more sustainable, but then you, you, you need a flavor and the flavor is another thing. Then you need to, to need to, to check what you can get with this. Um, we, we try a lot of things. Not, now we have the challenge for the team. I give you one box of uh, lemons or limes. What you can do it with this. Okay. How many things you can do with this? And I always challenge to they get a new a new one. And uh, sometimes people get uh, a new one. It was like, oh, okay, this I didn't know it. So this can be a challenge for them, but also for understand you can reuse the 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 all the things not in one time. So imagine also we have we cross between the the kitchen and the the bar. So imagine on uh, avocados in this case. Everybody knows the production of uh, avocados take a lot of water from. Uh, and Portugal is uh, this is a kind of contrast. On south of Portugal, is maybe going to be one of the worst places to to live in a, in a future years because it's going to be very very warm. So and we have a lot of production of of uh, yeah. avocados there. And avocados is a tree is all the year uh, very green. So it takes a lot of water. So this is also no sustainable on the production. So this is something also is, is, is you need to challenge yourself and to be like always against this. So while you are buying this and you know it already, these are making very good bet for the, for the, for the, for the land. But you know it, if you don't buy it on this one, you're going to buy it from Mexico or from Peru. So this kind of decided you have to do it. The other way you can do is not, not selling. Of course, you can do it. But if you are selling, it's like I said, try to use less and to use more. So from the skins, from the the skins of uh, the, the the avocado, the peat from the avocado, we do things with that. So, and we try to reuse and reuse and reuse the most we can. Sometimes we 
we taste ingredients and we we saw we cannot do nothing from years and this we mm. we just get it yeah. the way we do it i'm just going i got an example of a alternative to citrus fruit which i only really discovered this year we moved house just over a year ago and i'm fortunate to have um japanese quince growing in the garden there's quite a few sort of bushes of them around the place and they fruit um in like late autumn november time i want to say october november and in 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 this in the uk quince is just a totally underused fruit that really like even if you google recipes for it the only thing anyone ever does with it is turns it into like a jelly that then gets served with cheese right and perhaps a glass of port as well and um <laughs> but uh i i was so i thought well i'll make some quince jelly and i juiced it um and then put it in the pan to and then what you do is you add sugar and reduce it down until it's like a jam or a marmalade you know but when i juiced it i was like wow this stuff is acidic like it's so sour and actually a little bit like the same sort of acidity as yuzu it's sort of it's it's more like tropical than lemon or lime it's almost got like notes of mango through it or pineapple like really interesting acidity not and although you know quince for anyone who's not familiar they look like tiny yellow apples basically not really they don't really taste like apple um but i was like this is incredible you know it's a it's a, an alternative to a citrus fruit that's just growing in my garden and not just growing in my garden but growing you know they're all over the place in the uk you get quince all over the place but no one ever uses them. I don't, I've never really seen anyone use it in a cocktail bar, in, in a drink. And yet I was making sours and things like that over, over the winter using this stuff. And it's just delicious. And, and it pairs really well with lots of the spirits that we typically use, whether it's a rum um, or certainly something like uh, an apple-based spirit or brandy. Um, su super interesting. And I even worked out a way of... And this again, this probably wouldn't work commercially because you'd need so much of it. But if you just cook it a little bit, uh, the juice, and add some sugar to it, it sits in the fridge quite happily for weeks, if not months, you know. And you can preserve it even longer by adding some alcohol to it. Stick some vodka in there. Take it up to like five or ten percent ABV. Yeah, you've got you've got it then for a few weeks, right? And 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 not only that, like, and you're, you know, you're, you're going to agree with me on this, I'm sure. This. The eating the seasons, there's something about it, right? And you know, you mentioned your dad you know, killing the whole deer or whatever and eating all the. There's something about e eating and drinking something that is seasonally appropriate, something that's local. And because it's not just like the warm feeling you get from, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing a good service to the planet, you know, this is nearby, it's great. It's the flavor itself is somehow representative of that time of year and it feels appropriate and, and right to be consuming that. You talk about one of my favorite sandwiches is uh, we call marmalade, uh, marmalade. Is uh, my, my grandmother, he, he made that. He have a lot of production also of that. And he made marmalade. And when I was a kid, it was a sandwich with the cheese and marmalade was amazing. And for cheese sure, and marmalade, nice. And for yeah. most of the people yeah. don't know it, yeah, it's crazy. I love it. You you talk about that. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is kind of for me. It's a, it's a childhood. It's a childhood uh, reference. And uh, marmite is, is is a good thing because marmite kings is very good because it's seasonal. So it's like in Portugal we have the production is between uh, October, December, no more than that. So if you want to put this on a menu, imagine 
you need to think what you can do it. How much uh, you you're gonna get, okay? How much you're gonna use it, and then where you're gonna uh, keep it at. So this is a challenge, but. You have a way. We don't do it this way because we have a different, but I know a few bars, they do this way, like seasonal, like daily. And this is a crazy thing. I, for per, uh, On a perspective of of, um, of the bartender, it's amazing because it's all a challenge all the days. What is the menu? What are we going to do it? But also, this you can increase the, the kinds of sustainable and zero waste because you can use it the daily available product. So this is very good. If you have this opportunity and if you want to get the challenge, maybe you need just to have five cocktails a day. It's enough. And these five cocktails you're going to bring just, mm. or imagine two of them or two of them have one ingredient and you're going to use some parts. So if, if you can challenge your way to do this, it's going to be amazing for sure. Because even for the guests, they're going to be there. They know is everything new, but you are doing this kind of research. And on this case, like uh, Queens, you have only in this time. So if you do a seasonal three months, you can use it. But if you want to do it a, a, a world year uh, menu, if you're going to get there, you know, when you finish the, the season of this, you need to add the ingredients for the rest. So what you have to do is not using, like if you do it uh, with citrus, you're not going to use it like the way you use it, like a lot of uh, uh, citrus use. You need to concentrate. You need to use just a... a a bit of that. So you're going to buy it less, you're going to buy it better, and you're going to just use it less. And this, I think, is the way you, you, we need to think, is use less. And uh, when you concentrate the things, you can use it more uh, with with more time. And this, this is open. And the fruits is uh, seasonal fruits like Queens. Uh, we have a, a word, another one is Diospiru. I don't know the, the name in English. And Nisperus and this kind, they are very seasonal. And these you just get for two, three months, no more than that. So, or you get that, or you are away. So, you, and it's all a child. So, Diospirus is uh, also very acidic fruit. It's something when you get, and you have two times the very hard one you can uh, eat, and the other one is like a paste. When it's, uh, um, uh, when it's, uh, it's, rip is a paste, like a tomato when it's very ripe. So, and this is uh, something you can do in a different way. So maybe you can do uh, one thing with the, with the, with the, the hard ones and with the soft ones, you can do a different thing. So also the fruits challenge you to do yeah. something. Uh, they're called uh, persimmon uh, in the UK, although that might even st still, still not be familiar. Yeah. Uh, might not be familiar to yeah. a lot of people either. Cause you, you, you sometimes see them in supermarkets. They're tucked away usually with the lychees and things like that. And they look like quite a flat orange tomato basically. Yeah. <laughs> And they have normal. They do one thing also in Japanese. They do a lot. They take the yeah. skin, and they they leave the the top part, and they leave it in the trees. And they they're gonna get a little bit of uh, fermentation, natural fermentation with the with the bacteria outside. Mm. And then you can use it that. So it's a it's a fruit. Also, if you have that tree, you can keep it uh, inside or outside to keep it the fruit. So it's like, I think we are. Sometimes we don't uh, gonna invent now. Everything is done. We just needed this to to change the way we we done. And sometimes the old things are the better one. The the old times fermentation, the old yeah. time system of conservation is they are the the amazing ones. The the question is, 
we get lazy. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we go to the supermarket, the fruit is already yeah. cut. We, we go to the supermarket and we get everything from the fridge. So this was uh, this is easy for us now, and this makes us lazy to think to to go further than than we yeah, are. Yeah, it's now. true, and I like that. I like what you're saying about sometimes the old-fashioned ways, whether it's brining, pickling, fermenting, or some other preservation method. Oftentimes, it produces the best flavor. And as you say, we've we've kind of convenience has has sort of taken over and it's like well i just need to do the bare minimum and pay the least amount to get to from a to b and actually you put a bit more effort in and everyone benefits not least of all the end consumer who gets a delicious drink and, and if you look to the food industry like the top restaurant it's someone's very difficult restaurant in the middle of uh, Sweden or something where it's winter time for and you don't get nothing. Imagine these guys when they are doing uh, like caves and they keep the ingredients there and they know it. They only have this kind of ingredients, vegetables mm. for, the, for the season of the restaurant. So what you're going to do it, you need to respect. So you're going to respect the food, you're going to respect the, the guests, you're going to respect everybody. And this is a challenge. And, and this, I think, is something uh, when you are in these kinds of country, is kind of obligation to do this because you don't have a supermarket like on a corner, you can buy the things. So I think this is the, in a big cities, we are lazy because we get everything in each time. And even if it's on seasonal and sometimes, Imagine most of the tropical fruits we receive in Portugal, when I buy it for tasting, I said this was a waste of money and time because they don't taste nothing. And when I go to the country and I taste the real ones, I said, oh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. But these are never going to get in my country mm -hmm. because these never going to get on this kind of uh, time in, in goodness to there. Yeah. So it's, you need to think, if you don't have that available, don't do it. Do it. A different How important is it that your guests are aware of this sort of commitment to um, reducing waste and sourcing locally? That is a good question because one of the things I always said to the team is if the guests don't care about that, you don't going to waste time with the guests because the guests don't want to... If they are not, because in your daily basis, in your life, some, some people are doing compost, they are doing a lot of things. And when you talk about you are doing this behind the bar, they're going to be interested. And then you give time to these guests to talk about this. But when there's a guest who come with a couple, they won't just be in the very good night, just enjoy the drink. They don't want to talk about this. We don't talk. We don't need it. If if it's any opportunity, we say this is a garden from the leftovers of this. But if they don't make any interest, we don't say nothing more. We don't gonna boring the guests because they are not there for them. But if they are interesting, if they want to know what we do, we go further and further and further until be quite uh, boring talking about everything. <laughs> but I think the guests decided if they want to to listen or not. But when we have people who, who like this and we talk, it's amazing because they're going to understand us better and they're going to respect us also better. And this is also when they go, uh, imagine if it's from a further country, they go there and they're going to say to everybody, I've been on this, they do these kinds of things different, they don't waste this, this and this. So why don't do this? Why don't do this? So it's, mm. it's good. It's good. What what is um what what's the next step? Is is there anything in particular about the operation, um, or perhaps maybe this is a future bar that you're looking to do 
to kind of make yourself more sustainable or to reduce waste further or to use less energy or or um or anything is there something that you got your eye on like i don't know for example we got to get rid of the ice machine you know the ice machine is just using too much energy um this isn't sustainable <laughs> no more ice which has been done before of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i can talk we we have a very sensible uh, team in our bar is the we do everything pre-done and pre-batch and pre-diluted. And when we start with this, was a nightmare for most of the people. So we don't shake, we don't stir. The menu, we have the menu, we don't do nothing of this. And this is, I know it, 50% of the bartender are going to kill me. Oh, this is not a bartender, this is, is something. But I'm going to tell you this, this story. The history is very easy. Portugal, in this last year, we have a big, big problem with water. But when I'm saying big problem is a big problem, and now it's raining like crazy. But when you don't know what's going to future, you need to 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 look what is done. And since we start with this with this project, Monkey Mesh, we know already Portugal in in is one of the places going to be very the temperature going to be very high with with the years, and uh, the water going to be a problem. Okay, so if you are waiting for somebody to do this. You're going to wait in time and then nothing going to happen. So you need to look this now. And we do this operation. Red frog, we do shaking, we do stir. Monkey mesh, we don't do it. And this is, we are trying to understand how the guests, they go with this in the process. And uh, what we start to do is, is um, when start with not use, it was uh, on August of 2022, we didn't have ice. Nobody have ice. Okay, this was a problem. So we don't start with this menu, with this with this menu or this kind of service in in, in August. We start in January when all the team quick, and we need to put another team. So for me, it was a big challenge. How can I I operate a bar in one month? I'm gonna change everything, and then the bartenders know everything. So for me, it was the easy way was challenge this this perspective. Also, was something I wanted to do it uh, a very long time ago. So for me, was to be more efficient, more quickly, and do in a different way. The the other word part was not being these kinds of uh, um, ego feeling of shaking and do these kinds of lots of time of waste. So most of the bars they spend a lot of uh, effort, money in in uh, in uh, ice, and the ice is not the ice you have there. It's the ice you 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 lose for the for the whole team, but also the person. Who are shaking? So for the person at the end of the night, if you shake like one hundred cocktails or two hundred cocktails, you're gonna be crazy. So you cannot, of course, you don't have the whole menu shaking or stir. But if you can reduce this, you're gonna reduce the 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 the, the problems of 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 uh, of the bartender professional do it during the years. So mm. when we start with this, we all the team even it was like oh. Why you do like this? Why you do different? And I said, you're going to mm. see the benefits. So I have one bartender. He can do 200, 300 cocktails a day. And at the end of the night, he's still young. He's still, he said, I'm okay. Tomorrow I will come and I'm okay. So this is a good thing. The bad thing is always for the perspective of the bartenders. The community is different. Is in sound. I'm not caring about that because if nobody do it or if nobody, and I'm not uh, the person to do this on all times, a lot of people have done this, but uh, what we, we decided is to, to reduce the, the ice. And the ice was to compare 
all the ice mm. we have at the bar, 95% is for Red Frog. The other 5% is for Monkey Mesh. So this is the, 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 the versus of uh, a traditional bar of shaking stir versus a bar who don't uh, waste uh, ice. The only ice we, we, we make for ourselves is uh, we do blocks. Of course, we do this. So we have a machine who do this and we use it for the, all the, 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 the cocktails who have old fashions or, or even the, the eyeballs. So this is the only ice with production and we production locally. Of course, we have the resource of energy, but this also, if you have a, 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 the, the machine you're going to have. So what we get from here is the, the, the amount of ice we don't use it is where we are getting, uh, the not just the money because the money is you are not getting so with this money you can get better ingredients you can pay more for the guests for, for the people so th this is a whole thing you can understand but also for ourselves is was a different way of serving guests but the better way for us because we are faster also we have one thing if you come to the bar and you are not expert on cocktails, most of the time it's difficult. And when you have some kinds of ingredients, they don't know the combinations yeah, yeah. is this kind. So we can give tastes, tasting. So we give small cups. If you are not very familiar with mm. this cocktail, we do like a tasting wine. Uh, we can do this perfect. And this, if you yeah, order a yeah. cocktail and then you don't like it, you're going to waste one whole cocktail. And with this, we don't waste cocktails. We just give to the to the guests, and then he tastes it. If it's good, if you don't like it, is maybe two 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 mLs. It's not uh, 90, 100, 200 mL. So the waste here also is is a lot because sometimes people don't talk, but they have a lot of uh, guests who don't like the cocktail. Or this is not correct. Or mm -hmm. change me this or something like that. And then it's a lot of cocktails comes to to the back. So we don't have this kind, and it's also very good for for us. We can give some tasting of cocktails to the guests. So is a is a very good uh, way to do it. So. Imagine white lion when they start to do this kind, no eyes, no kin. So we, we look into that also, but uh, we do it our way, the way we, 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 we want. And uh, if you're not working, we're going to back different. But right now, we are very, very, very good with the system. We still have guests who are fighting with us. Uh, so imagine we have a, a espresso martinis pre-bottle, and then it don't comes with the foam, and the guest said, oh, this is not espresso martini. Don't worry. Okay. We're gonna make the, your classic ones, no, no problem. But uh, we reduce a lot of ice and everything like uh, these kinds of even the bartender. So we don't need to have three bartenders. We can have one uh, because this will also start with the, the problems of uh, getting uh, people to hire people. So was uh, also another question. And uh, from now, if you ask to all the team, they're gonna say to you, we love it. For sure, I guarantee this. Yeah, no, I bet they do. I mean, they. I suppose they end up, besides the obvious amount of prep that would need to be done before the shift in order to batch cocktails together, they end up at, during service being more like a sommelier in a way where it's like, you know, I've got this drink for you can try. It. It's going to taste that way. Here, try a little bit before you before you buy. Yeah, this is, of course, we have that cancel, but we already work with, with pre-batch, so the dilution is just extra. So it's, when you do pre-batch every cocktails, what you do is just extra dilution or the dilution you do it. But the, the, the way is, for me, the best of this is fast, 
service and focus on guests during the service and not uh, taking a lot of times because it is depends of the bars. I'm, I'm not going to be we are right and the other ones are wrong. No, no I'm not, never going to say this. I respect everybody. And, and if you have a different perspective of this, I understand. And I'm never going to get uh, back on this. I just want to, uh, what I want is to understand what we get on the time because we need it to be faster we need to have uh, we have less employees we need to get better conditions so this was the overall thing i start to think and we changed this uh, if this is the part of the future no i think no because that is something what is the next trend is also when people start to to looking for what is so is a lot of bars around the world who do a lot of very good things so uh, searching with local uh, restaurants with other people with the leftovers from uh, the other one so you can do a lot of things i think re in uh, in sydney is doing very good this kind of uh, work so uh, seasonal uh, ingredients to keep it and use it so it's a lot of things you can do it but what is new or what is the next one is what you don't know it for you and uh, for you going to be the next one for what people is further it's going to be something you're going to get maybe in uh, one two years there but i think it's people pushing and the other people so what we need is more people to come in to understand uh, what it means sustainable or zero waste or these kinds of and mm. do it do it this is uh, something you have I to think, do i think uh the whole pre-batching and then shaking or stirring for service thing is an interesting one there's clear advantages to it and you know my bars have been doing it for years batching cocktails for the most part at least 90 percent of the production process but um it does come down to the guest values as well and some guests you know the part of ordering a cocktail is the preparation and i think we're quite a lot of guests are quite wedded to this idea that a cocktail needs to be made specifically for you that's part of what you're paying for and also that the a la minute production of the cocktail is somehow connected with freshness as well and you know that this this drink has not been sat around uh, for one of a better term you know uh, deteriorating or denaturing now it's understandable why why we have those sort of values with it especially you know given a history of um perhaps uh you know drinks that are bad for you because they've sat around too long you know whether it's water or beer or wine or whatever um but we need to i guess educate consumers and and say you know this this has been prepared consistently it's been tasted by half a dozen people uh when it was put together a few hours ago it's been chilled since then um you know it's at its absolute best there's no chance that we're going to mess up this preparation now because we did it perfectly when we put it together um and yes you're not going to see me like shake a metal tin with ice in it before it's served to you but um and you might not actually say this to a guest but you know ask yourself how important is that part of the process to your enjoyment of this drink you know seeing a grown man wave his arms around for 10 seconds <laughs> yeah. no it, it, that is the truth because imagine when when you when you have this kind of um of you need to question also 
look into the residents, okay, to the top uh, uh, mission stars. You don't see sometimes they're doing the job. They're doing the job before. And sometimes they have everything mm. in vacuum and then they just put in and they finish, okay? I'm not saying it's the same, okay? It's, it's different. So, but sometimes the, the, the food is already prepared. You're just going to serve. So, and, and this is also something you, you do it. And in, even in a, in a, in a good uh, restaurant, you can have these kinds of, uh, of uh, ways of serving different. So you have the classic ones where you see the food doing thing in front of you, but then you, you don't see that. You just see the plate and you don't know it. Of course, it takes a lot of steps to do this, but most of the ingredients are done. So and in this case, most of people ask us, how, how the freshness or how can I say this is still good? So first of all, we do for the day. This is the first thing, because we know it already, how many cocktails we serve on a day. So we don't need it to have all these done for one week. The only thing we do with this is the kinds of milk punch or that kinds of cocktails we do one time and then we clarify and then we keep it. But the rest we do daily. We do our business uh, is, is do on the beginning. We do the preps and done. The only thing is, oh, the juice was not uh, pressed on a time. Mm -hmm. I know it's a different one, okay? But when you have machines, when you have equipment like centrifuge, you mm. can do this. So if you, you centrifuge all your juices, you're gonna take all, all the mm. pulp. So you can keep it further than that. So I'm not saying you're gonna juice the juice and then you're gonna use it in one month. You're gonna juice the juice, you're gonna use it for the day, next yeah. day, and you don't need it to have because you, you just need to have freshness. And yeah. like I said, if you don't wanna do this, don't use juices, use another thing. But you have to also say to the guests, it's so fresh, it's so good, you're going to get it. Uh, but in, in terms of uh, a bar, one of the, the also is ice and the other one is temperature. And temperature, sometimes you don't get it there. Sometimes people think they are doing the drink to there. And we have always in the same temperature, the, the cocktail. So this is also very good because sometimes it's difficult to you. If you want some some cocktails, they are very good with a warmer uh, temperature. And sometimes people don't, don't know it because when it's cold, it's very close. Yeah. And when you open, it's, it's better. So we can do this kind of servings of quite the so You're absolutely right about temperature. I, did a, I remember I did a seminar at Tales of the Cocktail years ago with... Um, Zdenek Kastanek and Ryan Chetiwadana, and it was uh, called It's Time to Talk About Temperature. And um, the premise was that we, we make this assumption that all drinks should just be as cold as possible, right? You know, you shake it for 10 seconds, you stir it for a minute and a half, and it gets down to as cold as it kind of can be, um, given the sort of, you know, the mechanics of the ice and the melting and so on. Uh, and that's that's when it's done. But of course, it's just not true. And we know this because... For me, for example, I don't like my Scotch whiskey to be iced because it makes it too cold and I don't get the aroma. And also from the tactile point of view, it doesn't feel quite right to me. Now, you know, if that's true of a Scotch whiskey, at least for me, and yet an old fashioned, whether made with Scotch or bourbon, I do like to be cold. Well, how cold is right, right? Should it be minus eight? you know, like really, really cold, or should it be more like zero degrees Celsius, you know, or somewhere in between all of that. So and it's just, it's really, it's such an important part of bartending, or at least the sort of technical side of bartending. 
and yet we never really talk about it that much like it's just assumed that you just make the thing cold and serve it you know and this is it also changed the 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 way you can do cocktails so you can do cocktails in a different way you can look at for signature cocktails like a wine perspective so imagine you can serve a cocktail at 10 like mm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, some kinds of wine so mm -hmm. this also opened this and with this we can do this we can do these kinds of uh, different service uh, so it's like i said is a pros and close uh, so you can change this but also you can see a, a different perspective from from there but like i said if a guest come and they is like a little bit oh you serve me directly from the bottle we explain very fast very quickly and if the guests uh, don't understand and they are not we we recommend you a classic one and we service the way it is or try to be the the most perfect we can do it and in terms of uh, imagine if people when they are this, uh, some kinds of uh, cocktails outside of the menu not classic ones ah, like this that and that we can do it even uh, um, uh, in a classic way. We are not saying we are not using shake or or, or stir or that. We we just use the technique. We're gonna waste less for us. Okay. Sometimes we have to speed the the, the 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 blender. Sometimes we get to the blender with a little bit of ice and the temperature go down and it's done. Dilution done. We don't need to use a uh, four, five, six cubes of ice, and with uh, just one cube of ice, I can have the temperature, I can have the dilution. So, this is something you you need to decide yourself and uh, and check with the time. And this is uh, is where you are challenged, but also you are challenged the team and uh, seeing different ways because you don't know nothing. People, if you are with one other people, you're gonna be a better person you will know more than this so this is always you are learning with the other ones what maybe people learn with me and then i'm gonna learn with the other ones and we need is to understand what they are doing and then maybe yeah. it makes sense or you can nice try. man look okay. we've i think we've covered a lot there around um it's, i mean it's great to hear what's going on in lisbon and especially with what you're doing there and, and i'd like i think i re, i think you've got the approach right at monkey mash to this zero or lower waste and um, more sustainable practices you are clearly quite dedicated to it but at the same time you're allowing yourself a bit of breathing space to this commitment when it comes to the guest experience and i just um you know it's it's counterproductive to be alienating guests and potentially you know hindering the quality of their night out by being ultra steadfast to this approach i'm sorry look you can't order any other drink than what's on this menu because we've batched it all and we know what we're doing and then we've made it this way and if you don't like it then you need to head to another bar down the road you know you've got to be hospitable at the, at the end of the day and i think i think you got that approach right we we never do this we never do this if a guest come we said sometimes if uh, I, I don't like this or i don't like this ingredient we we give a, a option and when we don't have options from the menu, we we give option from the classic ones, or we can do like a, 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 a one hundred percent fit for for the guests. So we don't say we are not this kind. Even if the guests, I have one or two guests was not more than this. They get there, we serve the cocktail, and then they leave. So we have this. I'm not saying it was not true because this is. But when you get in 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 just one percent or less than one percent. You are fighting, you are doing, and people is understand. So we never could, and this is 
we are getting time for hospitality. And this is what we get. We get, for us, the most important is the service. Get, receive the guests. Being, and we are talking about a high volume. So high volume bar, normally you have these kinds of, uh, or you are talking very loud, or you are talking like making, and you are talking with the guests, but that in front and then the room. So we need to get time to, to, to talk with the guests. But then is a, is a very fast they're always running. So we have uh, maybe sometimes you have tables who get two cocktails and then they leave. So, and then you have another one, and then you have another one because they can stay less time with, with, and, and spend more money because they are faster on the service. So these also make this kind of demand or different for, for the guests. So imagine if they come, oh, I'm gonna have two cocktails. You're gonna get the two cocktails very fast, so this is also helping. Mm. But we never go yeah. against the, the guests. Never. Nice. Never. Well, look, I wish you all the best, and um, I, you know, I hope uh, the next few years are productive for you there in Lisbon. Um, and um, well, congratulations again on the on the top uh, 50 best bars as well, which is a great achievement. And I personally hope to be, I hope uh, the guys will get me, Alberto and Emmanuel will get me over for the Lisbon Bar Show again sometime soon because I'm overdue a revisit for sure. <laughs> I will talk with him. I will talk with him. I'm going to put my... Twist his arm. My stamp to say, yeah. I think even from your perspective, I think you have the very perspective when you get, you see people was not interesting. The bar scene was, was very different from, from his now. I think people now is more interesting to know, to understand. And we are from south of, of Europe. So we, we are more on a drinking than uh, when we have bar shows, normally we, we, we go to the places to drink, not to, to learn. And this is also changing. And, and this I saw in most of the European, South European uh, uh, bar shows is like this. If you go to the uh, Western, North, it's, it's different. They are more uh, there to learn. And this also changed. And I think it, it's going to be a very good way to you come and mm. see the difference. And I hope going to be 10 times better than it was the first time. It's so. moving in the right direction. That's the main thing. Good stuff. Cool. Well, look, thanks again, Paolo. That was awesome. No, big, big pleasure. Thank you for the invitation, for the good talk. If you haven't already, make sure you become a Diageo Bar Academy member. It's free. Head over to diageobaracademy.com for the latest industry news, events, and inspiration. And subscribe to get it emailed to you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation there with Paolo and I hope it's useful for you. Thanks for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time.